Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And today we're answering listener questions. Yes. So we have a pretty good list. We'll get through as many as we can. Yeah. And then we'd always love to hear from you guys. If you have other things you'd want us to talk about, let us know. Post it in the Facebook group or um, send us a you know a comment on the show notes or something like that. And we'll find it that way. I mean, these questions are a little bit all over the place. Some are for people that have been writing for a while. Some are new writers. Some are... So we're just going to answer them and if... Yeah. If they don't, if they don't apply to you, maybe you have a friend you can refer to. That's right. Do you have any news? Do you have any updates? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have it's something. It's like Groundhog's Day around here. It's <laughs> the same old, same old. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have something I was going to show you. I'll post a picture of this in the group. Uh-huh. Um, can you see this? I'll describe it. It's oh, one yeah. of my hardcovers. <gasps> oh, Isn't that gosh. cool? Yes. So what I've done is I've done. Um, stamping on the end pages. You of, did it? I did it. Yes. I'm oh. not crafty at all. So if I can do this, anybody can do this. Yeah. But what I'm going to do is for, not for this book, this was my experimental book mm-hmm. for the Christmas book that's coming out. I'm going to stamp uh, snowflakes on the end pages yes. and print probably 50 and uh-huh. do signed numbered end page stamped, totally unique copies yeah. and sell them. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, yeah they I look saw, really good. I yeah. thought they turned out cool. I saw a book on Instagram that this yeah. book subscription service mm-hmm. does special edition, mm-hmm. unique, you know, hardcovers. And yeah. the part, what they do is they put a new um, dust cover jacket on it, like a special yeah. one. And then they did a special in page. Uh, either they paint it or they stamp it. And I was like, I could do that. Not painting right. it, but I could right. stamp it. Right. So, exactly. So anyway, I think it looks pretty cool. I'm excited about it that. Does. Yeah. yeah. So see how you. that goes. Yeah. So now awesome. I just have to figure out a price point and how yes. I'm actually going to sell it. So just little minor yes. details to work yeah. out there. Are you thinking of doing it on your website or through? Probably. Uh, I'm looking at sales, or mm-hmm. I could just take uh, PayPal. You know, PayPal payment right, right. and do that. Oh, I just I did just mail off 200 books to a, oh. a reveal book box that I was asked to be in. And I was, cool. I went to the UPS store and I was like, oh, my husband went with me. He was <laughs> like Nelly negative in my ear going, it's going to be $500. It's going to be $500. It wasn't, it was, it was half less. It was actually half that. It was about two forty, I guess, to mail yeah. the book. So Did I you thought s- that was pretty good. So you mailed them in bulk, right? I mailed them in, mailed them in bulk. They, they got sent to me. I signed them and yeah. then I, box them back up and sent them to uh, reveal book boxes to um, uh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I have one other thing that's kind of cool. I found out that library thing does, they have a category in their giveaways where you can do like an ebook or a print, but you can also do an audiobook giveaway. uh And I did not know that. So I'm trying that out this week. So I think I put in there 10, uh, you know, people, they have to download it, you know, through, Authors Direct because that's who I use. Uh-huh. But I've had some people sign up for it more than I'm giving away. So oh, that's, that's cool. So I'll put a that's link awesome. to that in the show yeah. notes because there's not a lot of places to give away 
to promote audiobooks? No, I was trying to um, explain audiobooks to my daughter and son-in-law, and I was like, the thing is, like my audiobooks, I sell a lot of ebooks, and I and I have people borrow a lot of ebooks, so that should be an indication that my audiobooks should be selling, and mm-hmm. I just don't sell as many as at all at all Mm -hmm. as much as I thought I would that could be a couple of things it could Mm -hmm. be the narrator it could be um it could just be me that I don't really promote them very much the publisher doesn't really promote them uh Mm -hmm. but I don't expect them to that wasn't part of the deal so um anyway yeah so sometimes it's tricky to figure out if you know well if I can get a book bub ad or I can get Facebook ads going yeah. on an yeah. ebook or a print book, then mm-hmm. that, that can kind of get the sales going, but audiobook, there's not as right. many. Um, right. And outlets. I did do a chirp deal on book one back in January and it did well. It did actually quite well. And I did see, um, listen through from yeah, that, yeah. but can't get a chirp deal. Other than that. I mean, no. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why we need multi-pronged marketing strategies. Yes, exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, well, you ready to get the question? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go with the first one is from Melissa Mm -hmm. about developmental editing. Yep. When to hire an editor versus going to a critique group. Um, Should you wait until the manuscript is finished or send a partial to a developmental editor? And does anyone use them for review of beats in the beginning outlining stage? So that's quite a long question. So let's first, let's Mm -hmm. talk about when to hire an editor versus critique group. Right. Well, let's talk about what a developmental editor is. It's a good place to start. You know, for those who might not know, yeah. Uh, So a developmental editor looks at your whole story. They look to see if things are working, um, if if there's more than continuity, just if, you know, basic story outline. Does it follow those things? Are there places where you go off the rail? Um, Or that's how mine has worked in the past. places where your character is just not likable or uh, it's hard to find any redeeming value in your Mm -hmm. characters or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure they do other things, but that's, that's kind of what mine does. They're more like the big Uh, picture. Yeah. They're very big picture. Um, I would say the, the benefit of a, uh, developmental editor, editor of a critique group because have you but used both have success with both is that a developmental editor is faster you know they look yeah. they they take two weeks to go through the manuscript and then they get you the notes back a critique group that's harder because usually or in my experience with a critique group it's been you know there have been anywhere from three to 12 people in a critique group. So you can only take like a chapter a week mm-hmm. yeah, and that takes slower. a really long time. It's a lot slower. I would say a developmental editor, if you're needing something, right. you know, right. A and little I faster. Think with your critique group, I mean, I, I think you can target what you want from a developmental editor. Like you can find somebody who specializes in your right. type of writing. Whereas right. most right. critique exactly. groups that I came across when I was starting, they had like, just a random collection of people writing different things. Right. And so like right. for me, I needed people who wrote mystery mm-hmm. and I could not find that. So I mm-hmm. couldn't find a critique group right. and, you know, just kind of went on my own, but I think they can work well, but they are slower they and are. you just have to have the right match of people. Right. Yeah. yeah. And mine were all romance authors. Mm-hmm. We were 
yeah. all involved in Romance Writers of America, so we're all romance authors. You know, the problem is you could get somebody like me in your critique group at the beginning of my career where I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm giving, like if I were to give somebody grammar critique, that would be insulting because I don't <laughs> very good And so you, you, it is sort of like a, a dating sort of situation. Right. You have to sort it of is. find the right mix. Yeah. Um, you know, one time in, in our critique group, we had a lady that, um, she was a little bit older and she had come in and she'd been writing. She'd written some stuff and published it with kind of like a, um, it was almost like vanity press where you, you know, you pay them and all that. Mm. She would take our stuff and then go through it and then say, well, here where you said, you know, um, bile raced around her belly like a waterfall or whatever, white water rapids or whatever like that. Why what were you meaning? And I was like, well, they're, you know, they're nervous or they're upset. She's like, well, just say they're nervous. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't think that's, that's what we're supposed to do. That's, that's showing telling. and telling. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't like my analogy, but I don't think that's so, you know, you have to yeah. kind of be yeah, it's a little almost, bit. I was lucky. I, yeah. I got yeah. really, really good authors that knew what they were doing and they really taught me to write. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a critique group is um, you're oftentimes getting feedback from your peers, maybe professional writers, maybe not. But if you hire a developmental editor, Mm-hmm. If they're good, they should. It's almost like the difference between an amateur and a professional. Right. You're going to pay a lot more, the developmental right. editor. Right. But I would say and they also are a little bit more, um, so when I'm looking. Impartial, me. maybe? Yeah, yeah, impartial, objective, yeah, because you're paying them. Yeah. yeah. And I think that if you're using a developmental editor, you might as well wait until your manuscript is done. I don't know yes. that it would be worthwhile to send a, a section or two. Right. And I think if you want somebody to look at the the beats and maybe the beginning outlining stage, there's probably mm-hmm. somebody like Claire, we talked mm-hmm. to in another interview, where she can help you kind of strategize your whole story. Right. I don't know that you would go to a developmental editor for that. It would depend on what they do. I mean, I think there are some developmental editors that do stuff like that, but yeah, you're right. And I have one now that I really like. I've used her twice in, um, in with the last two books, and I've used a couple of others that I liked. But it's that too is like a dating relationship. You kind of have to find the person that gets you, you know, and, um, if, if they don't get your humor, if you run humor, then that could be a problem, you know, not one of things. And I still was like, Oh, well, it's just, they're nice (laughs) in New Zealand. And we're really not. And then finally I was just like, you know what? Maybe (laughs) if two people are telling me, I probably need to, and I'm glad I did because it, yeah. you know. But well, I think there but is you a do process. have to decide what you're yeah. gonna, yeah, what you're gonna yeah. take and what you're gonna let go of. Yeah. yeah. When you get feedback, I'm not one of those people yeah. who makes a snap decision. I have to think about it right. and have to process. And a lot of times I'll be like, "Oh, that is legitimate." Mm-hmm. And then there are other times that I think, "No, that's critical to the story and what the story I want to tell." And so it's not going out. But yeah, right. there is that moment when you first get it back that you're like, "No." I, I just reject it all. Yeah, I reject it. <laughs> Why did I even pay you? I reject it. But, and in fact, my, this, with this last book, it came down to one sentence, like one wow. sentence. I had taken every, I had fixed it. I had smoothed it out, but one sentence. And I just dug my heels in on that one sentence. And then right at the last minute, I changed it. 
And it was such it was such the right move to do. But it, I was like, I'm keeping it. But, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough yeah. thing. Let's go on to the next one. It's um, Sarah, not me. Uh-huh. Ask yeah. tips for publishing wide. Um, any help, uh, wisdom, or mojo? <laughs> and take it away, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, I've never gone from being in KU to being wide. I've always been right. wide. So it's like that's my mindset, and I think that's a lot of it. Is that your mindset is probably the most important thing because it's really a long game. You're playing the long game. And if you're going to go wide, then you have to, you know, just focus on that and not, and try not to be distracted by constantly comparing and saying, well, if I had been in KU, I could have made this much money this month. Cause you don't really know that you can guesstimate, but you know, things change all the time. So I would say just, if you're going to do it, decide to do it and plan to give it a long time because it is, yes. it does take a long time to build mm-hmm. on the other platforms and to kind of settle out and find your readers there. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's probably the most important thing. To, to just um, agree with that is that I, I know KU authors that have gone wide and two months later, they're running mm-hmm. back to KU because, you know, it didn't work out. And I'm like, how can you tell in two months? Yeah. I mean, you, this is a you long, really it's yeah. a long strategy. It's a different yeah, strategy. It is. It's yeah. the really, it's the long haul strategy. And yeah, you have to give it more than three months. I would say plan on six months to a year. So part yeah. of that might be preparation is that you save up and you know, yeah. it, it's almost like saving up to leave your job, which sounds yeah. really weird. Yeah. But no, I mean, like if true. you're depending on a certain amount of income and you can't survive without that, and you're hoping that if you go wide, you'll replace your, your KU income in a month or two. It's probably not going to happen. Right. I mean, it would be great if you went wide and just blew it out of the water immediately. Wow. That'd be great. Yeah. But you don't hear about a lot of people doing that. Um, so practical things, I would say, you know, save up some money so that you're not um, in a panic mode. And then I would say before you pull anything out of KU, go wide and format first. So like do audiobooks if you haven't done that do print books through ingram if you haven't you know just figure out okay have i done large print have I, if it works for your genre because certain right. genres it won't work but if you see right. people in your genre who are doing well in audio or large print then get some of those other things going because that mm-hmm. strings streams of income that can make up for your loss of page reads you know oh, so yeah that's a really good idea yeah, yeah and you can start doing that now while you're still in so i would do that I would probably plan on using a perma-free. So you're going to need several books because that is a good way to get going on the platforms. Mm-hmm. So if you only have one book or you only have two books, maybe hold off until you have more. And then um, I use a lot of the smaller paid newsletter sites to get going. Mm-hmm. And those are good because you can put your perma-free in there, run it, you know, just it's a small expense and it kind of helps you start building readers and you can run ads all year long you know, just kind of space them out to kind of give you that boost and keep your book visible in all the stores to help the readers find you. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, if you can get a BookBub feature deal, you know, that's like the gold standard. Go for that. So those are just some really high level tips. Do you know any authors who have gone wide successfully and anything they've done? I know authors that were wide went into KU. It didn't work out as well. They went back wide and they did, they did well when they went back wide. but yeah, all of the things you're saying, I mean, perma-free, I think that that's like 
you got to be willing to do that. I, I feel like um, yeah. either with your first book in the series or write a prequel to your series mm-hmm. or something, because um, unlike KU readers, you've got to give, re- you've got to give wide readers, I think a reason to mm-hmm. jump in, you know, right. because for KU readers, there's no, you know, they can get a book. There's no friction at all. Yeah. No, there's no friction. And with wide readers, they can always return a book. But I think a lot of people maybe think twice about that. They Mm -hmm. maybe think, I don't really know if I want to do that. So, um, yeah, I think perma-free, you know, if I were to Mm -hmm. go wide, that's Mm -hmm. certainly one of the first things I would do. Yeah. And then you might look at your pricing too, Mm -hmm. because I've noticed that, you know, sometimes if you're in KU, people price high because they think, you know, well, they can borrow it, yeah. but it might be to your benefit to have a little bit lower price on the first books. If you have like a, yeah. a series, maybe per yeah. free mm-hmm. and then like a stair step pricing up to your full price, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, but it depends on your genre. You know, it depends on the genre because, you know, I mean, if you're, if when you're, I think of being wide as really being in direct competition with traditional authors when mm-hmm. you're wide mm-hmm. and Lord, their eBooks are so high. You have a huge advantage there, though, right? Because if right. somebody's ebook is nine or twelve dollars, and right. yours is even four ninety nine, mm-hmm. that's that's you go. Oh, that's, that's not that. Expensive. And there is that perceived value, you know. If you mm-hmm. if you price too low, mm-hmm. uh, then I think some people will think, mm-hmm. well, you know, well, yeah. if I'm really willing to give that a try, yeah. So you just have yeah. to. Look at, I really think it's mostly looking at your, your genre and yeah. what are the reader, what other people are doing, and price points. They can be different on different platforms, oh, yeah. correct? Yeah. Well, I always try and keep mine the same. Oh, you do? Um, yeah, just because it's simpler. And okay. then I've, I'm, it's been a long time since I've read those agreements, you know, when mm-hmm. you sign up. But I think yeah. you agree to uh, to not have a lower price on other retailers. Oh, okay. Well, that would make you. sense then. See, this is a silly... <laughs> But I think you can. KU, KU person. Yeah. No, I think you can do a a, a short term sale on certain oh, okay. vendors. Yeah. I think you yeah. can do that, but I think they don't like it if you always have one like your that's Barnes and Noble prices always like two ninety nine, yeah. and everywhere yeah. else you're four ninety nine. I don't think yeah. that, okay. that would go over well. Yeah. That's great. That's good yeah. to know then. But yeah, yeah let's definitely look at your genre. And see yeah, what yeah, and find somebody in your genre who has gone wide successfully, and then just see what they did. Maybe right. reach out to them and see if y'all can do some promotions together uh-huh. or, you know, just ask them for what they did. Yeah. 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 I agree completely. Very good. All right. So let's go on to Shelly. Um, advice for new writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the other day we should do a whole episode just on brand new writers. Like, yeah. because, you know, right now I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Facebook, a lot of ads for beginner writers and how to get your book in KU and all this, you know, or how do you get your book on Amazon or wherever? Mm-hmm. And it's just not that hard, but people make, can make it sound hard. You right. know, they can and make if you're it, brand new and there's yeah. like so much information, you have to figure out what's worth right. doing. You know, like you yeah. have to filter it and figure out what is right. the good advice. Exactly. So what uh, would you say are like the, like the best practices, the things that you definitely want to do? Uh, best practice is definitely write the best book you can, you know, before you start thinking about marketing, before you start thinking about anything else, make sure that the book you're writing is the best it it, it can be. And it, and that means in my opinion, an editor. And so paying for an editor. And if you don't have the money for an editor, you got to figure out how to get money for an editor and, you know, getting the best cover you can get, 
that way, no matter what you, you know, you have a product that you can offer to people that you don't have to feel, um, you don't have to be apologetic about it. Apologetic. That's yeah. right. You don't have to apologize for that. After that, definitely start figuring out how you can build a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a lot on here yeah, about that. There's how tons I did of it. great resources out there, you know, like absolutely. Um, absolutely. David Gogren mm-hmm. has lots of free resources. His starting from Mark, zero course. Mark Dawson has yeah. good resources. Yeah. And definitely if you're new, Check out David Gogren's Starting from Zero course. That is like, mm-hmm. I, I've just heard such amazing things about that course. Yeah. And learn, learn this business. Mm-hmm. Don't just write a book and throw it up there. Figure out what mm-hmm. works, what doesn't mm-hmm. work. Listen to people who've done it. If you ask for advice, at least think about doing it because, you know, again, I've, I've talked about that before. But really and truly figuring out how to build a newsletter. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. there are lots of ways to do it right now. Yeah. Uh, a lot more than even when we started or when yeah. I started. I would say don't be in such a hurry right. that you put out something that later you may have to pull down. Yeah. Because even though it feels like there's a sense of urgency to get that book out, mm-hmm. if you take the time, it will be better for you in the long run right. <laughs> instead of having to go back and redo things right. or maybe pull something down. So right. take your time on that and make sure it's the best book you can do. Yeah. And then... I think you need to figure out, like everybody says, build a newsletter list. But mm-hmm. I think what you need to do is figure out what exact readers you're trying to appeal yes. to and Who go really readers, narrow. Yeah. yeah, go really narrow. And that was something that I didn't understand. And now that I've figured that out, now I know who my readers are. And part of that just comes over time. Mm-hmm. As you start you know, emailing back and forth with your readers and talking right. to them on Facebook, you learn, oh, they are into these, these other right. things besides books. And it, right. just, it just takes time. But you want to figure out who your readers are and then do things that will pull those people to you. Right. And it's, it might be you know, book giveaways that you do. Mm-hmm. It might be you know, stories you tell in your newsletter, videos you make, you know, whatever is your, like in your wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. figure out how to use that to get people interested in you so that you can get the right people. And I think that's key. I think that's what you did when you started out. You had romantic comedy fans and they were excited to find a new author. Yeah. And and some of that comes with branding too. Yeah. Uh, Learn about branding. Like, do some reading, do some listening, you know, about what branding is and figure out what you want your brand to be. Um, I, just as an example, I had somebody running my ads for a couple of months and he did a great job, but he put up this one ad and I was like, holy cow. Like it was, it was just like, you know, cause my books do have sex on the page, but it was a little not, too hot. The ad was, was a little, a too, little hot. too hot. I mean, it was a great photo, but it was a little <laughs> too hot. And I had to say, hey, that doesn't really go with my brand. He immediately took it down. It was t- no big deal right. at all. Yeah. He's so professional. But, you know, he was he was sort of looking at other mm-hmm. authors yeah. in my genre that write funny, sexy books. But mine just aren't like that. And so I don't want to ever put out anything that is not that does not reflect my brand, right. does not reflect yeah. the Jamie Albright book. And so, yeah, yeah but you have to know that. You have yeah. to and a lot of that comes that with is. time. Yeah. It does come with time, but I think in the beginning you can still know, hey, yeah. these are the kind of books I want to write. Mm-hmm. This is what I want them to look like. I mean, you know, it's just sort of mm-hmm. like this is my voice. This is what I am mm-hmm. comfortable with. This is what I'm not comfortable with or right. whatever, you know. Yeah. And I think your brand can evolve over time because like yeah. when I started out, I, I, was, I wrote cozies and I wrote uh, 
what the back then was called mom lit cozies mm-hmm. about a, a mom, mom yeah. sleuth. I don't write that series anymore. So I've moved into more the historical fiction mystery, mm-hmm. but there's enough similarities between all my books that people mm-hmm. who liked the mom books will probably like, you know, mistress, like other yeah. contemporary cozies or yeah. my historicals yeah. because they all have that same, like my brand is like a lighthearted yeah. tone. With mystery, lots of mystery and puzzles and humor, witty dialogue. Yes. Hopefully, yes. that's all in there in all the right. books. So you may have different ways that you tweak your marketing as right. you go through your career. But you know, drawing those readers to you that are interested in your specific mm-hmm. style is really important. I think I think that's super true. I just think you know, and and actually, the Spa Girls podcast, self publishing authors, but they have settled. Go back and look at their. Um, um, episodes in the past, they have several episodes on what to do when you're really getting started, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they are, they're very concise. They, they mm-hmm. have really good a- answers. So that's yeah. another good resource for you. Okay. So we've answered this one a little bit. Um, I'm hope I say this name correctly. Pornima oh, wants yeah, um, information on marketing for writers. Mm. So what else would you say for marketing for writers? Oh, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough out there, y'all. That's <laughs> um, what I'd say. Um, because the mark, you know, people are more marketing savvy. It, there are just more people doing it. I I would say, you know, if you're in KU, you need to probably learn to run some uh, Amazon ads. The problem with KU is that I do okay, but I don't have enough books to be able to scale up the way I would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sort of have to figure out what your niche, mm-hmm. you know, where your niche is, who your comp writers are. Facebook ads and AMS ads are really all we have right now besides the paid newsletters, which are great, but your mm-hmm. book has to be two ninety nine or less. Yeah. So you need a deal basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, you need a deal. Yeah. Like there's like the advertising section of marketing, like where mm-hmm. you run ads and you try mm-hmm. things. And then there's the content marketing side yeah. where you're doing things say. that you don't really, can't really track the return on as well. Right. For me, that's the mystery books podcast that I'm trying out where I just talk about mysteries and hopefully yeah. other mystery readers will find it and they'll be drawn to the books I talk about and my books. I mean, if you can find something that fits with you Maybe you do a book review blog. Maybe you do a podcast. But I think you really need to enjoy it. I can't. I mean, some of this stuff. Yeah. And then you have to take into account your time. Like I think it'd be really cool to do a book subscription box. Mm -hmm. But I just know that would be just such Mm -hmm. a huge amount of time invested. Right. I just tell myself no. (laughs) I think about it and I go no. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, Also, like using your newsletter. Uh, I've talked about this, but, you know, I send out a newsletter twice a month and then I'm now sending out another newsletter twice a month that just features new authors um, who Mm -hmm. have a newsletter list of 2,500 people or less. Mm -hmm. But I sell books every time I send out a newsletter. I do better when I, because in the, in the new author discovery newsletters that I'm sending out, I am not like. I just do a, hey, here's the new one. Have you found mm-hmm. any new authors kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my newsletters where I send out step funny stories, like this last one was about my first kiss and mm-hmm. 
was on a hayride and I thought he was trying to kill me because he closed off all of my air passages. Um, you know, those are my stories that I tell. Uh, those book, those newsletters always, I always sell books. I always yeah. get clicks through to my books. My ranks, you know, improve always. Yeah. So, and the same is true of the other books. I mean, the other newsletters, it's just not as much because mm-hmm. I'm featuring other authors, yeah. really. But. Yeah, and I know people who have built sort of uh, not a career, but like a reputation is like, hey, come to me. I have all the new releases this month right. you know, listed, or I have right. all the books that are on sale this Friday. Basically, that's content curation. You're, yeah. you're helping readers find similar books that they might like that are new right. or on sale, maybe even doing something as simple as that. Cause yeah. that could really help you develop relationships with other yes. writers. And that mm-hmm. can be helpful because then you can work together pr- to promote your books. Sort of thinking outside the box other than just ads, mm-hmm. because again, it's tough out there and ads are expensive. Yeah. And people may not, if they're, you know, they may not have the bandwidth to pay for ads. And sometimes you have to invest quite a bit to learn what works and what doesn't. And it takes you know? a lot of headspace. Yeah. It takes, I've taken that takes me away back. from writing. Yeah. I've taken my ads back. It's a, I mean, for the last week I've done nothing, but you know, I mean, ads, ads. Yeah. watch my ads, fix my ads, babysit my ads. I mean, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You have to decide how much headspace you worth. Get you know, are you willing to give to something like that? Yeah, yeah. All right. So next one is Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants um, information about starting over in your author career. Okay. So I had to do this, mm-hmm. and it is it's another one of those long haul things where mm-hmm. you go, okay, I'm going to take the time. I decided when I was going to go indie that I would just write a new series because Mm -hmm. my other series was tied up with a traditional publisher and I was not getting those rights back. If I wanted to do anything, I had to write a new series. So basically Mm -hmm. I just sat down and said, okay, I'm going to write a new series and focused on getting that going. Mm -hmm. And then once I had several books, I waited until I had a couple books before Mm -hmm. I started trying to promote them, you know, really focused on the promotion. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more, it's another one of those mindset things where you, Somebody said to me the other day, um, we were talking about the books and they said, wow, wouldn't it be great if you got those 10 books back that the the publisher still has? And it would be nice there would be marketing things, but I have mentally shelved those Mm -hmm. and just moved on. You know, I just have focused all on my indie stuff now that I'm doing it and just moved on. Mm -hmm. You know, you you have to write the books first. And for me, that's at least three four or five months investment of time. So I would say get your content that you own. You may have to start over with new reviewers and new subscribers and everything. everything, But I think if you had a newsletter to begin with and you still have that list, it's a dead list, but you can send out an email and just Mm -hmm. say, it's been a long time. And (laughs) I, you know, tell them what's been going on or don't tell them what's going to be going on. But just say, Hey, if you're still interested in being, you know, seeing what I'm doing next, maybe even you give them a sample chapter or mm-hmm. sample a few chapters, mm-hmm. um, give them a link to, to then go sign up for a new email and then start a whole new list that way. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's not a bad idea. I think yeah. that, you know, because there's, there may be some people that just say, Hey, you know, I really liked her books before mm-hmm. I, I want to run. If mm-hmm. you're switching genres, that is hard. 
Um, mm-hmm. But again, that comes with relationship building and, you know, it's just like starting from zero. You just mm-hmm. start trying to figure out content that's going to appeal to readers, the readers that you're wanting to sell your books to. Right. Yeah. Again, check out David Gogren starting from yes. zero. <laughs> yes. And actually a lot of people will say, you know, this rapid release uh, philosophy, which works. I mean, you know, we, it's been proven time and time again, it does work, but it doesn't always work. And I would suggest you listen to uh, the novel marketing podcast. This uh, was this mm-hmm. week. So he talks I, about how sometimes rapid release isn't always the best idea. It's not and he always some all very that, yeah. good points that I had not thought of. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That would be really tough because there's nothing harder than going back and trying to rewrite a book yes. or re-edit a book. Yeah. You know, when you're several books in, yes. I mean, it's, there's yeah. just nothing harder yeah. than that. So and I would uh, say that rapid release is probably if you're an established author and uh-huh. you've written quite a bit and you kind of know what you're doing, then right. that could work. But if you're a brand new author, it is yeah. very risky it's because risky. you don't know how your book is going to be received. Yeah. And if you spend all that time, yep. you know, that's what he pointed spend two, out. Two years writing three books or five books or whatever, and you put them all out and they don't hit mm-hmm. the market the way you yeah. think they're going to hit the market, then you have nothing else. And so if you put a book out and it doesn't really hit, then you can step back and go, okay, was it the content? Did I miss? The, did I get the was wrong the cover? Book? Wrong? Yeah. You know. those are things. Those are things that are easy to fix yeah. on one book. With three to five books, that's a lot harder to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, again, not saying rapid release doesn't work. It, it's been proven oh, time yeah. and again that it does work. But I think you have to really know your audience. You have mm-hmm. to really, really know. Mm-hmm. your audience, their expectations, and know you've hit those before you do it. Yep. Very true. Okay. Here's another um, advertising one from Amy, scaling up Amazon ads. Yeah. So this one is, this is a tough one. Very tough. I don't know that there is a technique that anybody has found to scale up effectively. Have you heard of anybody? No, not really. I mean, in romance, it's really hard. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of romance authors will lose money on their first book. Just frankly, just bid high uh, to get, to get readers in, right? to get readers into their series. But then they have ten to fifteen yeah. to twenty books for them to read through, so they can afford to lose money on on the front end. When you don't have a lot of books, you can't really afford to do that. I can lose a little bit of money on my first mm-hmm. book, but it. It's not worth it right now for me to do that. I mean, I, you know, I kind of, I think break even with what I've got. Uh, No, I'm making a little bit, but very small margin on that first book. But I do have good read through. So, yeah, overall, I'm still doing okay. But you have to really watch that because Mm -hmm. if you scale up too much, well, first of all, if you scale up too much, a lot of times the ads will stop running. And then, but if you scale up too much, then you're outspending what you're ever going to make. So you may see your ranks drop, which is great, but that doesn't really translate into money in your pocket. And, and, you know, rank bank before rank is what I'm trying to live by this year, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Have you heard, I mean, for a while there, I heard people saying just, if an ad is doing well, just duplicate it. 
Don't try and scale up. Have you tried that? Just to duplicate the ad? I haven't. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really running. I mean, I'm running ads right now. But there's mm-hmm. ads that, that uh, my ad guys started, and I'm just leaving them because they're still yeah. performing. Um, before, when I was doing them, I uh, would not, I would just start a new ad. I wouldn't yeah. duplicate. I would just start a yeah. new ad. Yeah, I've also heard too that if an ad is doing well, an Amazon ad, just don't touch it. Just leave it alone. And so I've kind of gone with that uh, philosophy. Too. If it's doing well, I just leave it alone. And then I yeah. might try and start another one that yeah. has the same you know, targets or similar and see right. if I can get maybe multiple right. ads going. I, you know, for some authors, Amazon ads are that silver bullet. I mean, they mm-hmm. are the thing that does it for them. Uh, in the beginning, that was the case for me. That first, The first year was the the reason that my books did as well as they did was one of the reasons was Amazon ads. That's not the case now. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're just a small part of my marketing now. Yeah. They stick this where yeah. I usually sell books. Mark Dawson has a whole um, yeah. new section in his ads for authors course about mm-hmm. Amazon ads. And I haven't delved into it, but apparently it is right. quite extensive. So right. if you have bought that, then you can go back in and, get that and see, you know, what advice they have because they have somebody who used to work at Amazon and apparently it's very in depth. Yeah. Brian Cohen has an Amazon ads course that a lot of people have said have done really well with that course. Uh, Nicholas Eric has um, an ads course that is really good. So, you know, you just have to kind of, there's courses and education stuff out there to give it a try. Yes. Um, yeah, that I think that is a tricky question, and it's very specific to your genre and your type of book, and whether yes. you're K, U, or wide. So yes, oh, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, we have kidding. no real clear good answer on that one. Right. Yeah. All right. So last question we've got for today is Bianca, and she would like information on reader engagement, Facebook groups, etc. Since Jamie is so much better at this than I am, I'm going to hand it off to her for a moment. <laughs> well, um, you know, and I'm not even as good as most, a lot of people. A lot of people are really great at this. They're, they're authors and you should follow them. Uh, Amy Dawes is great with reader engagement and just how she relates to her readers. Um, uh, Ilsa Madden Mills is really great. Maria Lewis, really great. I mean, Lucy Score, one of the best. Follow them, get in their groups, figure out what they're doing, read their books, see what they're, you know, because it's all kind of related. Mm-hmm. My reader group, uh, I, get, I engage with them with funny stuff, you know, mm-hmm. or real stuff. Like if, I'm, if I've been struggling, I, especially during this pandemic, I'm just assuming everybody struggling yeah so we talk about that and but that's on that's my brand you know what I'm saying that's Mm -hmm. kind of on brand for me so but I think Lucy gave me some advice one time and it's really good advice and I wish that I followed it better it's has nothing to do with the advice it's me but you know post one thing in your group every day and then respond to your to the you know the answers even if it's uh with an emoji or with a gift or whatever, but respond when you ask a question, respond to your readers. Um, that is a really good way. You can also hire 
a PA to do, to post in your group to get, you know, conversations going or post funny things. I, I don't really have, I don't have a PA that uh, I've had a couple of readers that have helped me in the past when I was really working on a book and I needed to keep the group going, but whatever your brand is, make sure that that's what you're giving them. Mm-hmm. My reader engagement, a lot of times comes from a newsletter, you know, as far mm-hmm. as like I get, I get, that kind of immediate feedback on Facebook or Instagram. But I know that I am, um, I am being not top of mind, but, but I know that I'm touching those readers, not in an appropriate way. Uh, but, (laughs) um, you know, when I, in my newsletter, when I send out a story or I tell a joke or I tell Mm -hmm. a, a, a true story from my life, you know, and right. stuff because you can do that more in a newsletter than right. you can even in your group. That's really kind of what I would do. Yeah. Honestly, I would say be real, but if your brand is something other than what you are, if you're a real introvert, but your brand is kind of really out there, then you got to be your brand. You know, mm-hmm. you got the yeah. real thing you have to be is what you're presenting to people. Right. My brand is just, me real yeah you know? yeah sometimes yeah. I go on without makeup on sometimes I have makeup on you know and <laughs> yeah. and uh but and Lucy I can tell you for for certain that Lucy and Amy and Ilsa and um Maria are all super real with their audiences yeah. they're you know they're yeah they're who they present vulnerability yeah. and honesty and transparency that people yeah. are drawn yeah. to yeah and um, yeah I don't do much on Facebook with Facebook groups I had a Facebook author group and mm-hmm. I closed it because I felt yeah. like it wasn't really doing what it was supposed to do and right. I felt I didn't I didn't I felt like it was something I had to maintain I closed it down and now I just, basically it's my newsletter. That's how I mm-hmm. stay in touch with my people. I also do like Instagram much more than mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I have a presence on Facebook, but if I'm going to interact with people, it's usually on Instagram right. and that's, you know, like I'll post something and then I'll go in and I'll reply to every comment. Right. Maybe not the hour they post it, but no, I do no, go in, you know, like that yeah. day or the next day and reply and respond. You know, I see much more interaction there because I'm there more. Mm-hmm. And Facebook to me, I don't enjoy it. So mm-hmm. I don't want to spend time there. So I focus my attention on my newsletter, a little Instagram, a little Twitter, and then try not to get too deep anywhere else because right. it just, I feel like for me, it takes me, it takes like all my brain power to write a book. And if yeah. I'm if I'm using my brain power to come up with fun things to post in Facebook, then that's just words I didn't get written because right. I only have so much creativity. Bandwidth, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, and I would say this first of all: go listen to our episode with Amy Dawes. Mm-hmm. She she really tells you what she does. It, but she does it because she loves that. Mm-hmm. She loves that kind of thing, and she's really good at it. Um, but I I think you're right. I mean. If it's not something you enjoy, then it is a chore and it is not something that's going to come across as authentic. Um, See, I'm in mystery though. And there's, Mm -hmm. I don't think reader groups are as big a deal in mystery as they are in romance. I think that's a big, big draw for romance readers. And for romance, it's really hard because you're seeing everybody doing all these things. And I struggle with this because I'm not that person. I'm not, you know... I feel like I'm always kind of behind, but I will tell you that the re- my real 
true readers always respond, always are there. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, so you don't really have to keep up because honestly, it would be impossible to keep up. It, oh, if with that's everybody your else. Thing and that, yeah, with everybody else. If that's your thing and you're good, you know, that just comes mm-hmm. or it comes with a little bit of effort, go for it. But if it doesn't, don't, that's not where you should be spending your time. Yeah. your newsletter and writing your books. Yeah. It's yeah. an impossible goal to keep up right. with everybody else. Because, it is. You know, there are people, there are authors that are much more gifted in mm-hmm. like pulling readers to them and interacting mm-hmm. with them on a daily, weekly basis than, yeah. than I am. And for me to try and do that, it would be inauthentic for me mm-hmm. because that's not how I would do it, you know, right. and like trying to be, be like somebody else. Yeah, yeah I'd, be, be I'd be exhausted. I'd be dead every day. My yeah. three. <laughs> I couldn't do anything else. Right, right. Yeah. So, so be yourself yep. as much as you can. Yep. <laughs> and the people who resonate with that will find you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be so happy they found you. When I people yeah. email me now and they're like, oh, I love Dorothy Sayers and mm-hmm. Agatha Christie. And they're, so they are the people who are reading the books similar to what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And they're just so happy to find somebody else who, who enjoys those books. Right. Yeah. That's, those are our questions this yeah. week. Yeah. And uh, we hope we've answered them. If you have more, put them in the group, the Facebook group. Wish I'd known them for writers. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. And yeah, yeah, you find yeah. Jamie on Facebook a lot more than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My reader group is Jamie Albright's Brightons. If you want to check it out, but I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be super impressed. I mean, I'm not like I'm not great. I'm better than I was, but it's 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 not. It's still hard for me. A lot of it comes from I'm not sure they really want to hear from me. I mean, you know, that's that's that mentality that's that I have to kind of times, fight upon. Yeah. yeah, I have to fight against. Um, but yeah, so why would they just, be there except to exactly, get to exactly. Know you. It's I mean, just yeah, my brain, yeah, the way yeah. my brain works, but we all have uh, that. Yeah, so. All right. Well, we will have all the links yeah. at the, in the show notes at wish mm-hmm. I'd known them for writers.com. And we'd yep. love to hear from you. More questions yes. or comments are always welcome. Yes. Yes. All, all right. right. Have a good week, y'all. All right. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the wish I'd known then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.